Welcome to Blitzcast, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt. Welcome to Blitzcast number 106. It's the Mock Draft Edition. Obviously, we're taping right now the Wednesday before the NFL Draft, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe some trades will occur but Ed and I are going to project um, which players will get picked at each spot. It's going to be an interesting exercise for us because we do it every year. We did it last year, and actually we picked five players right, Ed. Yeah. We got we got Kyler Murray at the top to the Arizona Cardinals at number one, which wasn't a big surprise. Nick Bosa at number two to the San Francisco 49ers also was kind of a done deal. At number five, we got Devin White to the Bucks. Yeah, that was a good selection. And we also got Josh Jacobs to the Raiders and Darnell Savage, the safety from Maryland, going to the Packers. Obviously, we got them going a little bit later. Savage went at 21. We stuck to our selection at 30, where the Packers were originally picking. And Josh Jacobs, uh, he went at 24. We had him going at 27 to the Raiders. So not bad. I mean, we got five selections last year. I'm looking forward to to getting a few more right this year. Yeah, I'd like to too, Alex. Um, you know, I think uh, I think the top part part of the draft will be a little bit easier to predict this year. Um, you know, I, I I think it was pretty easy last year, but <clears throat> I think too the first two picks are pretty set in stone, and I think we know where we're gonna go with those. Yeah, I think we are. But before we get to our mock draft. Let's talk about the big news that happened in the NFL. Gronk is coming back, Ed. Gronk decided to come out of the retirement. He didn't want to play for the Patriots. He wanted to join his boy, Tom Brady, in Tampa. He goes to the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Patriots get a fourth-round pick. They also have to throw in a seventh-round pick to the Bucks along with Big Gronk. So what do you think about this deal, man? Obviously, it's huge news right now on, on all the networks out there. Yeah, I mean, I think when you initially look at this, you think, "Oh, this is such a great trade for the for the Bucks." But you know, I just I'm just not as high on the Bucks as I think a lot of other people are. I mean, I think Brady's kind of in his twilight years. He's got to learn a new offense. He's got to play under Arians. I mean, well, you know, how will that shake out? I mean, that's a big unknown. And then, you know, Gronk's been out of football for a year. I mean, he you know he had plenty of injury issues. You know. Granted, I mean, when those two players are in their prime, I mean, you can't beat them. But I mean, and also, you know, they don't have Bill Bel. I mean, they don't have Bill Belichick running the show. And I mean, it just—it's just a big unknown for me. I'm—I'm I'm actually not as—I'm actually not as high on. I'm not as bullish. I'm more bearish on the on the Bucks this year. It's tough not to look at the weapons that they've collected right now for Tom Brady, and obviously they have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin there. Big-time wide receivers who are easily going to go over a 1,000 yards. I love Bruce Arians' offense. I do. It's it's a passing attack, and, and Brady is going to throw the ball quite a bit. They have to get a running back to obviously offset some of that passing. A guy that will probably be added through the draft. They also have to bolster that offensive line. But I love the Gronk pick. Look, they still have Cameron Brait on the roster. I do assume that O.J. Howard is going to be moved. But Brait is still on the roster. Gronk is not going to be asked to, to carry a heavy load. 
So in my opinion, this is definitely a win situation for the Bucks, And I do see them as a playoff team. I'm not necessarily... I don't think they're going to win the division because this is still a very competitive one. The NFC South has a lot of great quarterbacks. I call it the... The NFC South division arguably boasts the best ever collection of quarterbacks right now. You've got Drew Brees with the Saints, Matt Ryan with the Falcons. Obviously, the Panthers added Teddy Bridgewater, and now you have Tom Brady with the Bucks. Obviously, he's in the twilight of his career, but the Bucks are going to make the playoffs, Ed. It just, their defense was better last year, and I think they're going to fix some things, and it's going to be even better. This isn't a team that just has offense going for them. And if they cut down on those interceptions that Jameis Winston threw last year, and Brady is going to take care of the ball. He's going to make good decisions. I, I see the Bucks definitely making the playoffs uh, next year, if there is going to be a season. I, I love this addition. It, it definitely won't hurt adding Gronk to the roster. I just, I don't know. I, I just have my concerns. I mean, what about... You know Tampa on the defensive side of the ball too. I mean, I mean, what what kind of defense are we looking at too? I mean, you can't just win with an offense. I mean, that's another thing to consider in all this. Well, they were actually a lot better last year than we gave them credit for. Shaquille Barrett came out and just had a great year. Devin White was a very good addition, and they, they it was a carousel at cornerback a little bit in the secondary. But I do think that they're going to fix those issues. They had some injuries to those young guys. The Bucks defense, look it up. Statistically, they were a lot better than are given credit for. It's just those Winston's interceptions really put them behind the eight ball a little bit. You can't make mistakes and win games. You have to take care of the ball. And I think that's what the Bucks are going to do with Tom Brady. I guess time will tell. It's just, it's an interesting pick. Obviously, the Patriots had rights with Gronk, but they didn't have any leverage. And I'm sure Bill Belichick is sitting around and saying, man, I only got a a fourth-round pick for possibly a a Hall of Fame tight end one day. But this is a good addition. All right, let's get to our mock draft, Ed. Obviously, we'll start at number one. I have the number one pick. And um, let's start at the top. Obviously, there's, there's no surprise here. The Cincinnati Bengals have the number one overall pick. Andy Dalton has been their quarterback for a while, but they've got to move on. And Joe Burrow, the quarterback from LSU, is the consensus number one overall pick. I don't think even the Bengals can screw this up. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, Joe Burrow had arguably the best statistical season in college football last year. A guy came out of nowhere, but you have to love his anticipation, his pocket awareness, his accuracy in the short intermediate game. He's got great ball placement and the sky is the limit for this kid. And what I like the most about him is he's a leader. He has that it factor. He has that moxie. One of those picks that that could change the entire culture and the team. Obviously, they have to do a lot of things. They have to get the offensive line, you know, another wide receiver. They have to fix their defense. But I do like the what they did in free agency. They brought in some players on the defensive side. I think the Bengals are going to be all right. Obviously, they're going to go through their growing pains, 2-14 and 14 last year. But Joe Burrow from LSU, the quarterback, is the pick here. So you're on the clock, Ed. Let's go with the number two overall pick. Well, I think the Washington Redskins will be, you know, entertaining trades, but ultimately they're going to end up taking Chase Young from Ohio State. This is a guy who came in and became a relentless pass rusher, um, speed rusher, power rusher. Um, this is the best pass rusher in this draft. 
Um, this is this year's Nick Bosa. I don't know if he's going to have the career success that Nick Bosa has, but Chase Young is, I don't want to say safe pick, but I think he's the best pick at this point. And the, the, the Washington Redskins really need an edge rusher. Oh, they definitely do. I mean, look, uh, they've got Jack Del Rio. He, when he was the defensive coordinator with the Denver Broncos, he had his Von Miller. When he was the head coach of the Oakland Raiders, he had Khalil Mack. The Redskins need to get that difference maker on the front four. And I think Chase Young is definitely going to be a very good pass rusher in this league. Definitely. Let's go with number three, uh, Detroit Lions. Obviously, we're not projecting trades. If we did, we probably have the Lions trading back because Ed and I are convinced that the Lions will move the pick. All right? Uh, and they're going to move the pick most likely to the Dolphins who are sitting there at number five and want to get that quarterback. Everybody, yeah, the consensus on the web is that Jeffrey Okuda is going to be the pick. But it just it seems too easy for me. I, I realize that they moved on from Darius Slay and they only signed Desmond Trufant, who is who is already over the hill. But it just it seems too easy. I just everybody is connecting the dots and saying, "Hey, Matt Patricia wants to build another New England Patriots team, have a good secondary out there." But if you look at the history, the Patriots haven't drafted a cornerback in a long, long time. And the GM Quinn, he also doesn't draft cornerbacks. He he goes for offensive line. He's gone for two guys during his tenure with the with the Lions. Um, he drafted Jared Davis, the linebacker, last year. They drafted TJ Hawkinson at tight end. They moved on from Ashawn Robinson. He's now with the Los Angeles Rams. I'm gonna pull a surprise again. I'm gonna. I'm going to say that the Lions will move the pick. And they're going to make this pick at number five or number six. But I'm going to give them Derek Brown, the big defensive tackle. Because Matt Patricia is a former defensive coordinator. He knows that in this league, you have to win at the line of scrimmage. You have to stop the run. And obviously, Derek Brown is a menace. He, he's big. He's a really good run stuffer. Uh, he can take on double teams. Yeah, I'm pulling out our first surprise in this mock draft. I'm probably wrong, Ed, but I'm going to give him the big defensive tackle from Auburn, Derek Brown. All right, I'm a little surprised by that pick. I think I would have gone with Akuda there, but, you know, that's 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 your operative, and, um, you know, I'll stick to it. I mean, Derek Brown is no is no consolation prize. I mean, he, you know, I, I'm always a believer in, you know, building up those defensive and offensive lines. And that's definitely been a philosophy of the of the Lions over the years. So, I mean, it's not, a, it's not a totally out there pick, but, I mean, it wouldn't be the pick I would make. So now we go to number four. The Giants are on the clock. I, I, I think they're really looking to bolster their offensive line here. Um, they're definitely a team that values their, uh, their offensive line. Um, you know, just the, just winning at the line of scrimmage. So I think a guy like Nate Soldier might be your left tackle next year. But I think maybe you get a right tackle who can eventually take over at left tackle for Nate Soldier. So I really like the pick of taking uh, Jedrick Wills from Alabama. Um, I think he is the best. I think he's the best offensive lineman um, or the best tackle in this draft. I think he's the most complete. I think he's got a good punch. So um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Jedrick Wills Jr. from Alabama. We all know that Dave Gettleman always has a few surprises up his sleeve. Nobody expected him to take Daniel Jones last year with that number six overall pick. 
He obviously took Saquon Barkley the year before over those quarterbacks, over Sam Darnold and, and the rest of the guys. So Dave Gettleman always has a few surprises, and it's interesting to see. And I know when he was with the Panthers, Ed, he loved stockpiling those defensive linemen. It was just it was his favorite pick in the first round. So if Derek Brown is available, he's not in this mock draft, but that could be a possibility there. And Isaiah Simmons is, is a name that has been floated around, but I like your pick. You have to shore up the offensive line. Nate Soldier, I apologize, but he was garbage last year. And I just, I think you have to go with the best offensive lineman out there. If you solder at left tackle, go with the right tackle. Obviously, in your case, you, you felt like Jedrick Wells was the guy. All right, number five, the Dolphins. A lot of rumors, um, you know, in the offseason, everything that we heard before the season started, it was tanking for Tua. And the Dolphins were supposed to have that number one overall pick. Now it seems like, is it Tua? Is it Herbert? Um, I've heard Andrew Thomas's name, the, the left tackle from Georgia, being floated around at number five. And then people are saying, hey, the Dolphins will then take Jordan Love. It's an interesting theory. I mean, there, there are a lot of theories out there. But I'm going to stick to what the Dolphins were supposed to do and coming into the season. And I don't think anything has changed. If they feel good about what Tua Tungavailoa is in terms of his health status, I think he's going to be the pick. He's just too good to pass up. And I do think the Dolphins will take that risk. And that's why I would say the Dolphins at number five will select a quarterback out of Alabama, Tua Tungavailoa. So let's go with number six. The Chargers are on the clock. Well, I think if you're the Chargers in this situation, you, uh, you're you're going to need a quarterback as soon as you can. And you got Justin Herbert on the board. So, I mean, I, the Los Angeles Chargers brass, I'm, I'm pretty much running the card up to basically take Justin Herbert. Well, you've been his biggest proponent out there. I mean, you're, you're, you're running his fan club out yeah. there, Ed. No, I've li- I've liked him and I've been following him. You know, I've been watching his tape for you know two three years now. Um, so I th- I think it's actually three years I've been watching his tape. So I I've been impressed and yeah, he's 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 my guy. Um, he's he's who I would target if I was a GM. All right, number seven, the Carolina Panthers are on the clock. They've got a new head coach in Matt Rule. They've got a new offensive coordinator in Joe Brady, and they brought in their quarterback. They cut ties with with. Cam Newton. They brought in Teddy Bridgewater because they feel he fits that offensive system better, and he does. Uh, Joe Brady is bringing that Saints offensive system that he installed with the LSU Tigers last year, and Teddy Bridgewater was with the Saints the last couple of years, so he knows that offensive scheme well. The Carolina Panthers need a lot of a lot of pieces. They do, and I wouldn't rule out like taking a wide receiver here at number seven because I mean Joe Brady needs those wide receivers in order to operate his system. That's what the Saints do every year. They take wide receivers. Um, I also feel two guys on the board right now make a lot of sense on the defensive side. It's Jeffrey Akuda from Ohio State since he's falling in our mock draft and Isaiah Simmons, uh, the linebacker from Clemson. They have a needed linebacker, but they moved on from James Bradbury. Uh, James Bradbury signed with the Giants, and they don't have anyone at the position. So I feel like at number seven, they've got to take Jeffrey Akuda 
from Ohio State, the consensus number one cornerback among a lot of people out there. So uh, I'll give him that pick at at seven. I, th- I think that's the right pick there. Um, you know, always get a good corner if you can. Uh, you can never have too many good corners. So I like the pick there. Um, so now on the clock, we got the Arizona Cardinals who, you know, have struggled as of late. Um, you know, our team are a little bit, a little bit on the rise, but um, you know, definitely, definitely have had their struggles over the years. And I mean, this is this is Cliff Kingsbury's chance to you know build a team and um, show that he deserves to be an NFL head coach. I like I like at this position. You know, they 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 drafted Hassan Reddick a couple years ago, and I actually loved the pick. And uh, you know, he he really hasn't panned out. I guess he was I guess he really was too small to be a. Uh, the linebacker that they wanted him to be. So I'm actually going to go with the linebacker. I think Isaiah Simmons, I think he he shores up that linebacker position. Isaiah Simmons, uh, outside linebacker from Clemson here. I actually had the Jaguars picking Isaiah Simmons, so I'm uh, I am scrambling right now for a name who I'm, I'm going to fit with the, with the Jaguars at number nine. But good pick. I'm interested why you passed on an offensive tackle here. I mean, the Cardinals are definitely have a need there. They re-signed DJ Humphreys at left tackle, but they have a need at right tackle. They have to protect their number one investment in Kyler Murray. Obviously, they addressed the wide receiver position. They traded for DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to be their number one guy. Why did you pass on an offensive tackle here? Well, the thing is, is it would have been nice to go with an offensive tackle, but Isaiah Simmons, to me, is just one of the sexier picks in this draft. I mean, I think you come away with an Isaiah Simmons, and I think you've really added a dimension to your defense that not a lot of teams have, you know, which is that, you know, you can have that Sam linebacker type, that cover linebacker, that Mac linebacker, who can really stick to a tight end or who can really stick. And, you know, and he brings the other parts of the game, too, of the linebacker. So I, I, I would say I would say uh, Isaiah Simmons is just a very sexy pick, and if he falls to eight, you got to take him off the board. All right, number nine, we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars. And obviously I mentioned that before I had a bunch of names there and Simmons was just the perfect fit at number nine. Ed stole him away to the Arizona Cardinals at number eight. So the Jacksonville Jaguars at number nine, um, they have cut bait with Marquise Lee, the the longtime wide receiver. It seems like they're going to trade Leonard Fournette during draft day. It seems like they're going to trade Yannick in Gawkway, the the big-time pass rusher. So the Jaguars are in rebuilding mode right now. They really are. They're moving on with Gardner Minshew. So you have to ask yourself the question, is Jordan Love possibly the pick here? And they do have two first-round picks, by the way, the ninth pick and the 20th pick. But I think they have to go with defense here. Even though CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs would be nice additions to that offense, I'm going to go defense, and I'm going to go with my top corner on the board, Florida cornerback C.J. Henderson. He just he brings the man coverage skills. He's athletic. He's got the size. He's got to get better in terms of improving his tackling, but I think he would be a very solid pick. Some people might be surprised that he goes top 10 here, but I say you go need, and you go with the best player available, and to me, that's C.J. Henderson. 
All right. Well, um, I think the Cleveland Browns get on the board, and I think they're going to be aggressive going for offensive line. You know, they can get a great pass blocker in Andrew Thomas, um, you know, protect that blind side, you know, protect Baker Mayfield, be his guy. So I'm going to go Andrew Thomas here at number 10. Yeah, that's a great pick. Obviously, uh, my number one offensive tackle on the board, your number two offensive tackle, that's uh, a great pick. I think you, you shore up that left tackle position, which has been a problem for the Cleveland Browns for a while. They they signed Jack Conklin in the offseason to a three-year deal to be their right tackle. He came over from the Tennessee Titans. Now they add a guy like Andrew Thomas in the draft. Great pick. I mean, the Browns have to protect their investment in Baker Mayfield. And um, obviously, Andrew Thomas makes all the sense in the world. Uh, the Jets. Another team that might look wide receiver, corner, or offensive lineman. And I think looking at their GM and where he comes from, and their new GM is Joe Douglas. When he was with the Eagles, he was one of the people that always orchestrated and always drafted offensive linemen. And I just think it's, it makes too much sense to go with an offensive lineman here. So Andrew Thomas is off the board. Jedrick Wills is off the board. Mikai Becton is a tempting pick, but I just feel like the failed drug test at the combine, I don't think he is he's raw in, in pass protection. So at number 11, I'm going to give him Tristan Worfs, the right tackle from Iowa. You're going to put George Fant, who you signed in the offseason, at left tackle, and you plug in the Iowa right tackle, Tristan Worfs there. And I think you shore up the offensive line. You, you have to protect Sam Darnold. So that's my pick, Ed. Yeah, and I like that pick. I like that pick. You know, I, I'm always for, you know, especially in a draft like this, you know, you got to go offensive tackle and get some good offensive tackles. And this is a special offensive tackle class. And, so, um, you know, I think it makes all the sense in the world for the Jets to go that way. I guess next is the Las Vegas Raiders. They are no longer the Oakland Raiders. Um, and I think I think they, they go for an Alabama guy. I think Mayock likes likes Jerry Judy. I bet he likes his tape. I bet he likes his athleticism. I bet, you know, he's he's wanted a receiver, you know, it never really worked out with Antonio Brown. I think he gets a receiver in Jerry Judy from Alabama here at 12. Well, he went with an Alabama player last year and it worked out for him. That was the running back Josh Jacobs who he picked in the first round. How can you not fall in love with Jerry Judy? So, interesting pick. Uh, obviously Judy over Lamb at 12. At 13, we've got the San Francisco 49ers. And look, I think the 49ers want to move the pick. All the indications say that they want to move the pick. They've got two first-round picks, the 13th pick and the 31st pick. But then they don't pick until the fifth round. So if you can get a few more picks in return, especially on day two or maybe a fourth-round pick, I'm sure John Lynch would be willing to do that. And I just feel like they would be willing to, to do that here. Will they go wide receiver? Will they go defensive tackle possibly? I mean, John Lynch loves taking defensive linemen in the first round. Uh, but there's Henry Ruggs. There's C.D. Lamb there. So that's kind of an interesting situation. I think I'm going to surprise you here. I think Jawan Kinlaw is a name, defensive tackle from South Carolina. But I'm going to surprise you with the wide receiver that I'm going to take. I think the 49ers want to get more speed. They want to get a vertical threat, and that's not who CeeDee Lamb is. All right, so I'm going to go with another Alabama wide receiver, and I'm going to give him Henry Ruggs. 
the speedster who ran a 4-2-7 at the scouting combine. He can take the top off the defense. He can create yards after the catch. And I think he'll be able to do that in, in Kyle Shanahan's scheme. I, I actually think that's the right pick there. Um, I might I might have thought of maybe like a CD Lamb there, but I mean Henry Ruggs makes a lot of sense for them there. Um, you know, they it, he kind of reminds me. I mean, he's a little bit of a Debo with the speed. Um, you know, I think I think Henry Ruggs ended, ends up being a better uh, receiver than Debo Samuel over over two or three years. So, yeah, Henry Ruggs is a good pick there. Um, so now we go to number fourteen, and the Tampa Bay Bucks are on the are on the clock. You know, I, I guess I guess a couple considerations I got is maybe, you know, you go with an offensive tackle. A few have come off the board, but you know, there's still there's still some names there. Um, you know, um I think I think they're really looking for like maybe more of a solid pick. Uh, I'm thinking a guy like Austin Jackson might be the appropriate pick here. Um so I think they're gonna go Austin Jackson from USC. A bit of a wild card here because Jackson has fallen down on a lot of mock drafts out there. You still go with him at number 14 over Mikai Becton. A little bit of a surprise here, but it makes sense. You have to protect Tom Brady, and obviously you give him the best offensive tackle on the board. At number 15, we've got your Denver Broncos. Ed, look, I believe that the Denver Broncos are one of the teams that wants to move up in this draft, and they want to move up for a wide receiver. And obviously, Judy and Ruggs are off the board now. They've got Cortland Sutton on the outside. They've got Deshaun Hamilton, the, the slot wide receiver. He still could be a very serviceable number three receiver. So they need another guy opposite of Cortland Sutton. Sutton was a second-round pick. I think John Elway needs to add another weapon in order for Drew Locke to be successful. You just... You surround him with as many weapons as you can. I'm going to go with CeeDee Lamb, my number one wide receiver on the board. This guy's got great ball skills, yards after the catch. He makes a lot of contested catches. Not the most athletic guy. He won't wow you there. Not the fastest guy out there. This guy seems to come down with every ball that's thrown in his direction. And I also love his blocking out there. I believe that the Denver Broncos will be absolutely ecstatic to get C.D. Lamb at number 15. All right, so that brings me to the Atlanta Falcons who are on the clock. Um, you know, there's there's kind of some areas they could go. Maybe they can go corner. Maybe they can, you know, build up their, their defensive and offensive line or, you know, their defensive line a little bit, go running back. I'm actually – I actually think there's kind of like an elephant in the room. I I think they might like a guy like Kenneth Murray. Um, you know, just just a guy who can put the who can put in that defense, put in the middle. Um, he's a great athlete. He tested well at the combine. Um, I think teams really like this guy, and I think he. I think he. It, I think that's right around the place he's going to go. So I'm going to go with Kenneth Murray here. All right, good pick. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Kenneth Murray. So we go Oklahoma players back to back. C.D. Lamb at 15. Kenneth Murray. Big-time player on defense with Oklahoma Sooners the last couple of years. To the Atlanta Falcons. All right, at 17, the Cowboys. To be honest with you, I mean, the Cowboys could go in a number of directions. Uh, safety, offensive lineman, maybe defensive tackle like Javon Kinlaw, again, could surface there because they've got a new defensive coordinator, Mike Nolan. He's changing up the, the scheme a bit. But before doing research... For this show, I saw that the Cowboys really had 
a great track record with offensive linemen in the first round. Tyron Smith, Travis Frederick, Zach Martin. They've done a great job hitting on offensive linemen in the first round. They haven't done it in the past couple of years. So I think that they go back to the well. Travis Frederick has retired. He is called it quits. And they don't have a center. So I say that they go with the best interior offensive lineman in this draft. It might be a bit high for him. And maybe the Cowboys trade down a few spots in order to collect some picks. But since we're not projecting trades in this mock draft, Ed, I have to stay put at 17. I go with my greatest need. He is my number one center on the board. It's Cesar Ruiz, the, the center from Michigan. I mean, I understand the logic behind the pick. I don't know if he's the guy I would go for, but I mean, I, I could very much see this being the pick. Um, you know, just, you know, the Cowboys have always valued offensive line, interior offensive line. They'd love to they'd love to build up, and obviously with Travis Frederick having the health problems he's having, um, you know, Cesar Ruiz could be that replacement. So um, now we go back to the Miami Dolphins, who are picking for the second time. And in their first pick, they went with Tua Tung Viola, so they got their quarterback. Now I think it's about time to, you know, protect his blind side, especially with his injury issues. And I don't know, I don't know, a guy like Mekhi Becton, Mekhi Becton, yeah. The, the 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 problem with him is he failed his drug test, and uh, you know he 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 he's 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 a big project, and I, I like his tape, and I think he's going to be a very good uh, offensive tackle, but. You know, to be honest with you, I think I think maybe a guy like a guy like an Isaiah Wilson might actually be a better fit here. So I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna surprise people. Get a young tackle, get a guy like Isaiah Wilson. So I'm gonna say Isaiah Wilson here. I hope this happens in real life, Ed, because obviously me picking Ruiz at 17 is a bit of a reach. Reach, I realize that. But Isaiah Wilson at 18 is also a big time reach. I mean, this guy has been floated as a late first-round pick, but at 18, wow. All right. But, I mean, both guys are raw. Becton and Wilson are both raw guys, so it's interesting. I, I understand the logic. The Dolphins have to go offensive tackle here. They do. But it's just maybe get one at 26. All right, at 18. Interesting. An interesting selection out here. All right, at 19, the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, like, Ed already mentioned, and he gave them Jerry Judy, the wide receiver from Alabama. And I wouldn't rule out taking another wide receiver here, uh, but CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs are off the board. You've got Denzel Mims, Justin Jefferson, maybe Jalen Rieger from TCU, but I feel like the Raiders have to go with the corner. Had success last year with Trayvon Mullen. He had a pretty good rookie season. I think they go back to the well. I, I look at the best available corner on the board, and I think it's A.J. Terrell. And they go with another Clemson corner, and Mike Mayock continues to go with big school players. So he goes with an Alabama guy, and he goes with the Clemson guy, just like he did last year. I think that's my pick, A.J. Terrell, the cornerback from Clemson at number 19 for the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, so now we, we get to number 20. Jacksonville Jaguars are on the board. Um, they got the pick from the Rams, and you know, I I, I just have a funny feeling that uh, they 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 want to build up their defensive line. Um, this is a team that's always valued drafting defense. Um, 
I think defense is definitely the side of the ball they go. I'm actually going to go with Javon Kinlaw here. I know he didn't have a great senior bowl, but you know he's got great tape, quick quickness, and so I think I think he's the pick here. Makes sense. I mean, a lot of people have been mocking Derek Brown to them at at number nine. Obviously, he was gone there, and since they went with the corner in our mock trap with C.J. Henderson, it makes sense to go defensive tackle there. All right, uh, next pick. Obviously, we've got the Eagles. And the Eagles are another team that's been rumored that they want to trade up. We're not projecting trades in this draft. So the Philadelphia Eagles sitting there pretty, possibly looking at the wide receiver position because they want to trade Alshon Jeffrey. Delson Aguilar is gone. He's moved on to the Raiders, the big disappointment, the first-round pick. Howie Roseman likes to go offensive line. But I think wide receiver is too much of a need here in this position. And so I'm just looking at the guys that are available, and I have to go with the best slot receiver in this draft, and that's Justin Jefferson from LSU. Crafty route runner. He can get open. He had his best season as a junior. He was the security blanket for Joe Burrow during his the magical run in 2019. He's got size, he's got speed, he's got a good catching radius. Again, a guy that can get open from the slot. It's really important, and this guy could become another security blanket, just like Zach Gertz has become for the Philadelphia Eagles for Carson Wentz. I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson at number 21. You know, I think I think this is a little bit of a run on receivers. I think, I think the Vikings, you know, having lost Stephon Diggs, um, I think it's. I think uh, a guy like T. Higgins would make a lot of sense here. So I'm going to go with T. Higgins from Clemson. It seems like Higgins has lost some of his luster out there. I haven't seen him being mocked in the first round, but he makes sense. I mean, at this point, uh, number 23, the Patriots. Honestly, Ed, I have no idea what Bill Belichick wants to do. No clue. I don't think anybody knows. Uh, but I do realize that. The Patriots need to draft a, a quarterback in this draft. And I think they're going to look long and hard at Jordan Love. And I know Bill Belichick was there checking him out at the Senior Bowl. It wasn't only Justin Herbert. It was Jordan Love as well. I don't know if he fell in love with him. I'm not sure he did. I'm not sure, again, have no idea what Bill Belichick is going to do. But when everything else fails, you have to go defense here in the first round. And I'm going to go with the guy that didn't have a great scouting combine, but his tape is a lot better than what he's given credit for. Even though he's a one-year starter, he's played in a lot of games at Iowa, and that's A.J. Epinesa. I just think he fits that scheme. He fits that scheme. The Patriots like to mix it up. He's not the fastest guy out there, but he knows how to use those hands. He knows how to get to the quarterback. He's a good run defender, and I just feel like Bill Belichick always values defensive linemen that that bring that all around game. So at number 23, I'm going to go with AJ Epinesa. All right, so that brings us to 24, the New Orleans Saints who, you know, I I think are sitting in a pretty good position. Um and uh you know, we talked about the run on receivers. Um you know, I'm I, I think I might I might surprise you a little bit with who they take. I'd like to see them I'd like to see them get a guy um you know who who I think I think this will probably shock you the most. 
Um, but I, I actually do think he deserves to be a first-round pick. The more I think about it, the Saints are a forward-thinking uh, group, and you know they can take a little bit of a risk here. And so I'm actually going to go with Michael Pittman from USC. I know this is a kind of a shock. It is, because I think they would go speedster opposite of Michael Thomas. I just think that would be the better selection. Maybe it's Denzel Mims. Maybe it's Jalen Rieger from TCU. Michael Thomas is that guy catching slants and those short routes. They don't have a speedster on the roster. They have to get that Ted Ginn back on their on their roster. It just the big speedster guy makes a lot of sense. See, if it's not Denzel Mims, Rieger has to be the guy. But you give him another possession receiver. I love Michael Pittman. I do. I just I'm not sure how he fits in with what the Saints are trying to do and what Sean Payton is trying to do. I mean they're Cornerbacks are just going to be sitting on those on those shorter routes. He's not a guy that can stretch the field. That's that's why I'm shocked. I love Pittman as a player. I mean, last podcast you and I talked about it. Who's the most underrated wide receiver in this draft? We we both picked Michael Pittman. I just I'm not sure about the fit here to the Saints. Number 25, the Minnesota Vikings. So obviously, Ed, you gave um, T. Higgins the wide receiver from Clemson at number 22. I'm looking at their offensive line, and I just feel like Riley Reef is not a left tackle in this league. The Vikings would be better served by moving him to guard. So I would say Mikai Becton, since he has fallen this far, I feel like they take a chance on that character risk. And it makes sense to me to, to get the left tackle of the future to protect Cousins. So they go with Becton here at number 25. So I, I think the Dolphins earlier in our draft, uh, they're at number twenty-six. They've they've gotten got they've gotten their quarterback, they've gotten their uh, blindside protector, and now I think this is their time to get a safety on the defensive side of the ball. I think this is the time to take Grant Delpit off the board. All right, so you you go with our number one safety on the board. We we stay true to to what we are, and uh, safety has been mocked a lot here at number twenty-six. Delpit is missing in the first round for a lot of folks out there. And I'm still debating whether I would put Delpit in my first round mock draft. You go, you give them the best safety on the board. It makes sense, Ed. They got rid of Minka Fitzpatrick, so they have to get a safety in this draft, right? Yeah, I, I think I think you, you can't you can't just uh you can't just rely on getting getting offensive players. I mean you can build up your offense and I think they, they got their blind side, so I mean, you know, they, at least they've got a start on rebuilding the offense, but you know, you gotta build the defensive side of the ball too, and I think I think, you know, especially when you're sitting there at twenty, I think Grant Delpit's a great value. Seattle Seahawks at number twenty seven. Uh, Cesar Ruiz is off the board. I think they would have chosen him. I think they might look at the offensive line. I think Pete Carroll and Schneider go with the defensive lineman here. And I'm going to give him the Penn State defensive end, Etor Grossmatos. He's got the athleticism. He's got the length. I think he could pack on another 10, 15 pounds without losing a quick first step. I think they can teach him how to become a more complete defensive end. And um, I'm gonna go with the the Penn State defensive end at 27. You know, I actually I, I wasn't high on him when I looked at his uh, underclassmen tape, but his senior tape really improved. I mean, he really lived up to expectations this senior year. So um, this pick this pick makes sense to me um, at 27. Um, the Baltimore Ravens are picking at 28. 
And, uh, you know, I think I think uh, really a, 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 a opportunity for them to get a linebacker. You know, they lost their guy um, in the middle that they've had for a few years. I, th- I think a guy like Patrick Queen makes a lot of sense here. Um, I, I, I think, you know, he, he kind of replaces their guy in the middle and, you know, that helps him at the linebacker position. And you know how they value defense in Baltimore. So I'm going to go with Patrick Queen from LSU. All right. Uh, makes sense. Uh, linebacker is something that I've been walking to them for the longest time. And it just it makes too much sense to replace C.J. Mosley, who they haven't been able to replace, and they lost a couple of guys in free agency. So inside linebacker makes too much sense. Patrick Queen at number 28. You know, I started looking at the list, and some of the guys that they haven't gone off the board, if we've forgotten somebody that's just completely fallen that we didn't think was going to fall. You know, obviously, I mean, there is one guy that that just basically, like, stands out above the rest, but I'm not sure I'm willing to pull the trigger here at number 29. I'm not sure it's it's a position of need for the Tennessee Titans. I think the Tennessee Titans will look at defensive line. I think Marlon Davidson from Auburn would make a ton of sense. Uh, because he's a really good five technique and he gives them versatility to line up in different positions. But I think that the Titans need to replace Jack Conklin, who left in free agency, um, who left to the Cleveland Browns. So they have to go offensive tackle here. And I think the best guy that could fit their right tackle is Josh Jones. He's played left tackle at Houston. But he makes a lot of sense here at the end of the first round. I think the Tennessee Titans are also going to move, going to try to trade out of that first round pick. But we stay put here at 29. I'm going to give him Josh Jones, the offensive tackle from Houston. Okay, so then that gets us to 30 with the Green Bay Packers. And uh, I think this pick, this pick, you know, we've, we've said Denzel Mims as a, a late first round pick. And I think that, you know, at 30, this is kind of the place where he would go. Um, you know, the, the Packers are always looking to add receivers and, um, you know, help Aaron Rodgers. And this is a guy who, you know, it's just it's just going to intrigue a team like it, the Packers. So I'm going to go Denzel Mims here. All right. At 31, I have the San Francisco 49ers. You know, we might go with the player that I just don't like, Ed. Um, I was I was mocking the, the San Francisco 49ers. I was giving them an offensive tackle. I just felt like if Joe Staley is going to be back, he's going to be there for another year, and they need to find a replacement for him at left tackle. So Ezra Cleveland made a lot of sense to me, uh, the Boise State left tackle. He would make a lot of sense, let him sit for a year, learn you know, behind Joe Staley, and, and be that replacement in year two. But Calevon Chason hasn't gone off the board, right? He's still on there, Ed. Yeah, he, he's still on the board. Yep. So I'm I'm gonna give him Calevon Chason. Uh, I just I feel like it's too much to pass up at this point. You get a pass rusher, you try to fit him into your scheme. Chason obviously had his best year as a redshirt sophomore. He's got all this enticing upside. It's crazy. I mean, I I named Chason as the most overrated player in this draft just period and here he is falls to number 31 and i'm like all right my 49ers cannot possibly pass him up so i'm gonna go with caleb on chase on the defensive end slash outside linebacker from lsu 
So that brings us to 32. Our Super Bowl champs are on the board, and uh, I, I think I think the easy pick here is Christian Fulton with him still on the board. I, I don't think there's much of a debate here. Yeah, there's not much of a debate. I mean, the Chiefs need a corner, and you're high on Fulton, so obviously you believe that he's a first-round pick. He has slipped a little bit. Even A.J. Terrell has gone ahead of Fulton. He's lost his steam. What has happened to Fulton? I mean, it's the same thing like Greedy Williams. Greedy Williams slipped to the second round, who you like. Same thing is happening here with Fulton. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, think, it's, I think it's the stuff that's off the field that's really hurting him. Because, I mean, when you, when you turn on the tape, I mean, this is a guy who's a legitimate, like, top 15 corner. I mean, his tape is very good. He, he fits into that LSU mold of great... Uh, you know, great defensive backs. So I mean, you know, there's, I mean, there, there's a little bit of risk for the Kansas City Chiefs, but they're, they're in a position where they can take a risk with him. And the Chiefs have, have usually been a little bit more accepting of guys who have character backgrounds. They have, and they, they took a chance on Marcus Peters uh, when he was coming out of college from Washington. They took a swing at him, and it worked out for a few years before they, they traded him to the Los Angeles Rams. Well, that puts a wrap on our mock draft. I actually believe that you have legitimately, you have about 23 first-round picks in this draft, guys that are destined to go in the first round. I think the rest of the, the guys at the end of the first round fall into that category, and players from about 25 to 60 are going to be valued more as second-round picks. So that's why I think all these teams at the end of the first round, whether it's the Packers or the Titans or the 49ers, they'll be looking to trade out and pick up those extra selections in round two, round three. And then those teams, those desperate teams, maybe like the Colts trading up into the late first round in, in order to possibly pick up that future quarterback. Interesting, yeah, Jordan Love was not one of our selections uh, during this mock draft, the the quarterback from Utah State. Yeah, and you, you know, I actually I, I would have gone a little bit different place with the Patriots pick. I I would have gone with Jalen Hurts. I think I I don't know why. I just think I think there's a Saban Belichick connection there. Um, I just think I just think the Patriots are always ahead of the curve, and I think they'd experiment with a running quarterback like. Jalen Hurts, they could figure out what to do with them. I mean, they need a quarterback. I mean, you just you just can't go into the season with uh, Jared Stidham. I I still believe if they don't come away with a quarterback in the first round, that I think Josh Rosen will be traded to the Patriots. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. But it seems like they're comfortable with Jared Stidham. Uh, they feel he's their guy moving forward. And if for some reason it doesn't work out, they have Brian Hoyer to to fall back on and maybe tank for. Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields in next year's draft. This was our mock draft of the first round. I hope we get a few picks right, but this was fun. Just experimenting and and being in the GM chair, Ed. It was it was an interesting uh, yeah, mock this draft. This is definitely one of my favorite um, you know exercises that we do throughout the year. Thank you for listening to another episode of Blitzcast. Take care.